Hey, everybody. How you doing? And welcome to episode number 129 of the John Riley Project. It's Wednesday, April 23rd. And my guest today is Mike Ryan. How you doing, Mike? Hey, John. How's it going? Thanks for uh, joining us. We've been on the podcast a number of times. Always love having you on board. Yep. Love having, I love uh, being on board. Right on. So, um, yeah, I just thought we'd just have a little fun. You know, there's been a lot of news going on with the whole COVID situation, a lot of news items. I thought we could kind of hopscotch around the uh, the billboards here, see what's going on around town. But, um, man, how, how are you doing these days? How's the family holding up? Uh, how's the shelter in place working out for the family? Uh, it's working out pretty good. Um, we're pretty much, we're doing the social distancing thing whenever we go out or whenever we do anything. The rare moments that we do go out, uh, we mm-hmm. don't go out anywhere as a family unless it's for a walk around the neighborhood. Sure. Um, so uh, my wife and daughter have been pretty much stuck in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife's working out of home, out of the home. Um, you know, and of course me, I'm in the grocery industry, so I'm an essential worker. So yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, uh, you're a I'm, hero. I'm, yeah. Well, <laughs> now don't ever, I can never, never wear that badge. You know, that goes to the first responders. You know, I, I'm just doing my part to help the community. So here, give me some insight on what's going on in the grocery industry, because the last time you were on the podcast, we talked a little bit about all of the, you know, the craziness about toilet paper and all these other goods. You were on oh, vacation God. at the time. Then you came yep. back to work. What has it been like in the grocery industry for you? What are the customers like? What are the the inventories like? What are you experiencing in the store? So customers have been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of them that come in now wear masks. I think right. eventually it's going to be mandatory for everybody to wear them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wear face coverings. Uh, it could be a scarf. It could be uh, a mask. Um, you know, whatever we can put on our faces, we're required to wear them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also required, you know, social distancing. We, we, we expect that from our customers. So, um, you know, just to put the word out there for anybody who's listening later on, our, our customers, please, uh, practice social distancing with the workers. You know, we, we're, our, our, our lives are at Matt, you know, our lives matter as well. And we're trying to be safe and we're mm-hmm. trying to make sure that we take care of our customers. So that being said, um, you know, it hasn't been easy, uh, to, to wear a mask for eight hours a day yeah, is ridiculous. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. It's hard because you're trying to work physically and you're trying to breathe through this piece of cloth and, um, you know, you're, you're getting a little bit of carbon back, you know, backdraft at you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so yeah. you're just, you, you get, you get winded, you get tired, you know, it almost feels like you're on a tall mountain. You're like elevated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that's, you know, that's, that's a small price to pay. There's other people worse off than us. And, and, um, you know, and I take a little break, I'll pull the mask down for a little while to get some air. Um, but yeah, it hasn't been easy for us, but you know, um, we, we manage every day. We still have our service to provide. Um, you touched on inventory, uh, you know, stock additions, you know, any difficulties with groceries, obviously, there, there's always going to be a little difficulty getting product in. Um, toilet paper, we're still not able to fill our shelves. We get whatever they send us. Um, the guys order whatever they can get in. It was empty, completely empty today. Uh, hardly mm-hmm. any paper plates, no toilet paper, no towels. Um, uh, if you walk down the pasta aisle, there's no pasta, hardly any pasta. 
So wow. pasta and toilet paper seem like the big <laughs> hit and bake items. People probably have never baked as much as they're baking right now. <laughs> and even my wife, my wife's been doing a lot of baking. Um, it's been great. She's learning all kinds of recipes and stuff like that. So as a retailer, we're doing well. Um, I run the produce department. I manage the produce department, as you well know. And, uh, and, and my department, for the most part, is holding its own. Uh, they have us on minimum orders. Uh, that way, you know, the, the warehouses don't get inundated with so much product to be able you mm -hmm. know, to, to deliver out to the stores. Um, the problem we were having was when the first went down, they didn't put any limitations. So I was on vacation, like you said. So my, my backup, my assistant, she was pounding in huge loads and bringing product in because the stuff was just going like gangbusters. Yeah, People yeah, were in yeah. there shopping like crazy. I have to mm -hmm. give her I, that, that, that lady deserves a medal. Um, without her, I wouldn't be as successful in that department as I am. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, she did a fantastic job keeping us afloat. And then they put minimum orders on it. When I got back, just before I got back, they put minimum orders and that was a struggle because now you're having to, you're having to, um, order for each section. You have to order the bare minimum. What, what are you picking for that section to order? You can't order every single item. If it's empty, you got to look at something that's more essential. I'm going to order a case of head lettuce before I order uh, a Chinese eggplant or a ginger or something like that. I'm going to order our lettuces before I order anything else. That's a slowing, slower selling mm. item, just mm. to give you an example. Yeah. That makes so, sense. so just if I give you just a brief breakdown, um, we have uh, our wet, our wet rack, which is all the wet vegetables and our tables. And then we have the perimeter with our salads and bagged veggies. Well, then when we got stuff we call miscellaneous. So miscellaneous is our kombucha juices, our dressings, our dried fruits, um, our nuts, and our nut table and stuff like that. That mm -hmm. stuff doesn't get ordered because if they give me, they give me a limit of about 600 cases to order. It sounds like a lot of cases, but in actuality, to really fill my department up, um, I would need more than that. I averaged on a full, with a pretty much a full department, and I write an order the day I have a load. I average 650 to 700 cases just to give you an example. So if they're giving me a minimum of 600, that means everything I have to order, I have to keep within that 600 minimum wow. and or maximum, I should say the limit. Right. Right. So mm -hmm. that means I'm at almost 600 pieces uh, before I even get to the sales floor to order the miscellaneous. So, I mean, wow. that means I don't order the dry fruit. That means I don't order the nuts. That means I don't order the kombuchas, the kombuchas and the bolt house juices and whatnot. Cause all that stuff is mine. That's my department, mm -hmm. your raisins, your peanuts, you know, your, your snack tables, stuff like that. Um, I mean, you, I have a big portfolio. So Produce who is limiting you? App. Is it the distributor well, that won't take the orders or is your management yeah. limiting you on what you can so order? So it's, it's upper management. Um, they're, they're working with the warehousing, uh, my ops specialist, my, my produce ops specialist, mm -hmm. um, sends that out. And I guess the district manager, I guess it all goes downhill. Um, right. the district manager, ops specialist will work with the, the, the produce, um, warehousing managers, I guess, or whatever. And they're all community in all communication because grocery goes through it. Each department goes through it. Service deli bakery, all of them, they're all on the minimum. Mm -hmm. So, and they just put it down, send it down an email. Hey, you guys are on it. Or they, the store director actually told me, Hey, you, um, you guys are on a 600 case minimum. 
the warehouse can't keep up. Can you imagine if every store ordered exactly what they needed? There's no way the warehouse is going to keep up with that much freight. Wow. There's just not enough. There's not enough help. I mean, they're, they're pushing out trucks left and right all night long to get product to the stores. And then they, they ran out of product and they couldn't. That's the reason why they can't keep up with toilet paper is because they can't make it fast enough. Costco still doesn't have toilet paper. I was in there mm -hmm. the other day. They got towels, but their bounty towels are not the Kirkland brand. Right. So, I mean, even Costco is struggling with some of their product, but they have a ton of product. They're, they're, they're fully, they're fully loaded at that store. That's probably the only thing they can't get right now is toilet paper. Um, water was coming up as a short supply. That was kind of scary. You know, you need water, you know, mm -hmm. but we got plenty of water now. So to answer your question, we are, we are functional. We have enough product to provide for the area. Mm -hmm. Um, you won't starve. You know, we've got plenty right. of meat, mm -hmm. plenty of service deli, plenty of cold cut meats. We've got plenty of veggies, um, desserts, anything you need. It's just some of the things that we're still not able to get. Uh, it, it's kind of frustrating. Um, for the first time today, and I worked there, I was able to get a bag of sugar to bring home for my wife. She wants to mm. make, she has a recipe. Right. Um, I couldn't get, I couldn't get a regular standard bag, five pound bag of sugar. I finally got that in and I put that in my cart. I wanted to get a, a couple bags of the mini morsels, you know, just, I mean, these things are trivial. You, know, you that back before all this went down, this was like oh, all day long, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. oh, I don't need it. I don't need it. Then when you need it, it's like, Oh, I can't get it. A one bag of mini morsels. <laughs> and this is all for a recipe. My wife was put together. So I grabbed that bag. Um, but as far as my department is concerned, like I said, it, the miscellaneous items, items are becoming a challenge but if you walk into my department because you're not far from my store where you live you're like right down the way right you if you walk into my store and look at the produce department you'd see that we look pretty good my salads are full my tables all my apples and mm -hmm. uh, fruits and stuff are all looking good yeah so there's certain sections of my department that have a lot of things a lot of skews skews mm -hmm. are items you know and yeah. individual items tons of tags and so, you know, that trying to keep some of those miscellaneous items full is, 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 has been challenging now. However, they have gave us three leeways where we can order whatever we want up to 2000, up to 2000 cases. And my store director was like, I want you to order all 2000. I'm like, no, I'm not ordering 2000. <laughs> right? mm -hmm. I'm not going to kill my team. My first order I did was about 1450. That was massive. I've never wow. ordered a 1400 piece load for my department. The biggest load I think I ever wrote before that was maybe a thousand or 11, about 1100 pieces, probably for the holidays. So imagine. Now, is, are you doing this year. every day? Is this, you, this order is every day you get? I write an order every other day. I get every a load other day. every other day. So okay. some weeks I'll have, a, some weeks I'll have four loads. The following week I'll have three loads and it, it alternates weeks like that. But every other right. day I get a load. Mm -hmm. So um, there's product coming in here every other day. Uh, I'm in my store. I say here, I'm, I'm at home. <laughs> um, but you, you get what I mean on that. And it, 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 that's the biggest challenge. Um, so does, the, does, the, on, all, does all the produce come from like a distribution center that your yes. corporation owns? Or are you ordering yes. on your own from individual no. farmers and growers and independents? So 
in chain stores like ours, we have big distribution centers. Right. S- small potato stores like uh, like a Jimbo's or Barron's, or mm-hmm. uh, maybe even a Sprouts. They they order through uh, they order through vendors. Like uh, Barron's, I know for a fact. The produce man. I actually know the produce manager at the one in RB. Um, his wife works for me. She's my assistant. Um, uh, they he orders through a lot of vendors, and they drop off. They don't get all their stuff on one truck like I do. I get right. all my product on one truck. Mm. So the only vendors that I have are uh, Naked Juice and Odwalla Juice. Mm-hmm. So those two guys come in. Those are the only ones that I got that come in that actually bring their product in, send their product in, and they stock it. Yeah, kind of like the beer guys, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Naked Juice comes from Pepsi now, PepsiCo. Mm. Okay. So Pepsi orders it, and um, that product comes in. Naked used to be their own entity, but Pepsi picked them up. So, anyways, yeah. So everything comes on one truck for me. I get my whole load all together, and like I said, it comes from Brea, a Brea distrib- distribution center. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that center uh, supplies all the Vons and Albertson stores all over all over Southern California. Wow, that's something. I so, mean, that's an operation. That's logistics, right? Absolute logistics. Yeah, there's yeah. tons. I mean, just tons of freight coming in and out of there. I would love to go tour the warehouse one of these days. I'll bet. Well, I imagine how they must coordinate with all their suppliers because they're going to yeah. have yeah. probably all the individual farmers that are delivering there, right? I, mean, I don't even know how that would be coordinated. That's got to be interesting. I don't know how that works with the big growers. Um, you see some of the brands on the strawberries uh, like Driscoll's or, or mm-hmm. some other thing. You know, I can't think of a bunch of different names right now, but um, these, these are big time growers. These are big farms that they got to get their stuff from. And a lot of times you'll see strawberries that come in with two different manufacturers on the same load. I'll get 30 cases of strawberries and, you know, maybe a few of them will have a different grower's name on it because maybe they just, they ran out of the other grower and they had a, other pallets of this other brand. And they just mm-hmm. do it all together just to get your case count in. So, yeah, it's been um, it's been interesting uh, trying to figure this stuff out or try to get the happy mediums and try to order level across the playing field. Because I order out of my book for the most part, and I'm going, okay, what am I skipping and what am I ordering? So if I look at my organic section, okay, that's not a big selling section. So maybe I can skimp on the organics today and order heavier on my regular bag yeah, salads or just, bag veggies or something. Right. Like that. <clears throat> I mean, you you got to balance the load. You got to optimize it. So that that's it's interesting because I think a lot of us when we're shopping at a grocery store, we just totally take it for granted. You know, we just show up, we get what we want, and then as we've gone through this COVID crisis, we've gone into grocery stores and yeah, the pasta <laughs> aisle is just cleared out. You know, and even in the produce section, I've noticed. Some of like the prepackaged things can be can be cleared out pretty quickly, so it's just it's interesting to learn about how you coordinate all of that. Um, you know, running a department at a at a big grocery store here in town. Yeah, can, can you hear me, John? I can. Yeah. Oh, sorry, my my earbuds just went out. Yeah, no worries. No, no, we're, you're good. So the story that I had read in the news just recently is that. Now the, you know, it was before it was toilet paper was the hot item. Now right. it's, it's hair coloring products that are just going off the shelves, you know? And in <laughs> fact, they're like these drug stores were commenting, you know, like their CVS or Walgreens. That's the item that's being stolen the most 
is hair coloring products. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, so, I haven't uh, heard that. Um, but I would imagine because people are at home and not being able to go to the, to yeah, the uh, yeah. hair salon or barbers. I mean, I, I've got, I've <laughs> cut my hair in a couple months because <clears throat> this all went down right before I wanted to get a haircut. I was on vacation and I, I get back from vacation uh, um, or I split down when I was on vacation, I was going to get a haircut and uh, I went, I can't get my haircut. Yeah. <laughs> so luckily I wear a hat to work, but you know, if I have to grow my hair a little long, what's left of it, then that's what I'll have to do. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's kind of funny when you start thinking about the things that uh, if you really sit down and think about all the things you took for granted and start realizing um, you can't get those things or you can't do those things right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it actually could overwhelm you if you just, if you let it, but you know, I don't think you should, you should just, Appreciate what you have right now and appreciate yeah. the fact that you can yeah. still go outside. Mm-hmm. You can still go for a walk around the neighborhood. Um, you can still get in your car and go for a drive. You know, you just have to be real careful with that. Because supposedly they were supposed to pull you over if you weren't an essential worker and you're just driving around. You got to make sure you let them know, well, I'm going to get groceries or I'm doing this or doing that. You can't just be driving around all over the place. If you've noticed, like I've noticed recently, because I'm on the road every you know every day the streets have gotten busier people are out driving again they Mm -hmm. it was quiet for a while there was nothing Mm -hmm. on the there was not much on the freeway and the streets were empty it was eerie you get i get off work three o'clock and there'd be like one or two cars passing by and there was almost nothing um now people are out and about so i think people understand the the concern but people want to live too. You're not going to be right. able to keep people cooped up. So uh, I'm okay. Uh, you know, Hey man, I'm okay with that. Just cover yourself up when you're around yeah. people and that's fine. Right. Well, um, especially if they're coming into your store, you know, is, is people can still have a sense of independence as long as they're respectful to the people around them, you know, that we're, that we're aware of what's, you know, things to, you know, wear a mask, social distance, don't go out if you don't need to. Uh, but yeah, we're getting a sense of feeling cooped up, and I think you're starting to see people act out as a result of it. I agree, and um, you know, being the type of um, I want to say community, but I want to cover a broader base. I'm, my vocabulary is a little bit limited, but you know, being <laughs> the people that we are um, in our country, anyways, we are very social, and we we tend to like to have lots of gatherings. Um, we yeah. like to be around people yeah. for the most part. Um, I mean, look at the business I'm in. I get tired of being around people sometimes when it's just, when it, we're around them all day, but I appreciate the interaction because of the fact that your social distancing, you don't have a real uh, good, um, that communication, that, that affectionate communication is no longer there. They're intimate conversations or, you know, getting a little closer and talking to people or smack, you know, pat somebody on the shoulder or shaking a hand, you know, and hey, I hadn't seen you in a while, whatever. I mean, I got customers who, whose kids come in and give me a hug, you know, and now they're social distancing and it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm an affectionate kind of person and I enjoy the, um, the close closeness I get from people. Yeah. And for me, it's been kind of difficult. You know, I mean, we're social distancing at home, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I, you know, my son was home recently and we all, you know, I gave him a hug before he left and stuff like that. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, man, 
<laughs> one of the big, well, one of the biggest concerns for me, John, is the fact that I, I do work in grocery. So when I go home, I'm always nervous that could I be carrying, you know, could I be carrying the COVID? Yeah. You know, could I be, am I, am I a threat to my family? Mm-hmm. You know, so I wash up, wash yeah, up, right take on. my clothes off, you know, making sure that I am all cleaned up and ready to go, you know, to spend time with my family before, you know, hopefully I, I, I don't catch hopefully i'm not a carrier and i don't give it to my wife or anything like that but obviously the um the, the, there's a concern there you got to get one of those detox rooms you can walk in and put your hands up and it'll spray you and cleanse <laughs> you and then you can go into the next room of the house right you know? right um, yeah so yeah i mean it's tough we're all kind of figuring this out and you know the social distancing was put in place so we're going to flatten the curve but the, we're still going up the curve right now I want to share some of these um, updates here that I, I, I read that today, this just came out in San Diego County, we logged 152 new COVID-19 cases. That's our highest daily total in San Diego County, 100, 152 in one day. Wow. So, so we're still going up the curve and now the death toll has hit 100 in San Diego County. So. Wow. And then the other thing is, you know, you're talking about um, people maybe should be wearing masks more often. Well, it, it turns out that in the South Bay, they're seeing a rise in COVID-19 cases. Now right. National City and Chula Vista are reporting that they have the highest proportion of COVID cases relative to their population. And so mm-hmm. now those two cities have made wearing masks mandatory when you're outside of your house. I heard about that. So yeah, we were talking about that today, actually. I mean, that's something. It's, so it makes you wonder, like, how are they going to enforce that, you know? Because uh, here it's unofficial, you know, in our town in Poway, but it's sort of expected of people. If you're not wearing a mask, you might get the stink eye. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. It's, it's interesting that now some cities are making it mandatory. I would imagine it's coming for us uh, real soon. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I also would imagine that our wonderful governor um, is going to uh, implement certain things. I'm being sarcastic here, but uh, <laughs> uh, not to jump on any kind of political realm at all. But I'm not the biggest fan of Gavin Newsom, but that's okay. We won't talk about that. He's got um, fabulous hair, though. <laughs> he does have he's, – you know what? I got to give it to him. He's a good-looking dude. Yeah, um, he actually, yeah, he actually came down to San Diego, and he was at our union hall giving a talk mm-hmm. about um, he was doing this big run several months back uh, with uh, women's, you know, my body, you know, yeah. my, my choice type stuff. And he, yeah. I think that's what it was about. He came to San, he was on this big tour with his wife and, mm-hmm. and all, uh, all these different um, doctors and things like that. And they, they, he came down to the union hall and I videotaped it. And uh, um, you know, it just seemed like a nice enough guy and I didn't get a chance to meet him face to face, but uh, it was interesting to say the least, to see actual governor be in your town and actually be at the union hall that you go to. Um, so, but that being said, I look, I understand, uh, you know, I'm not going to take anything away. I think Gavin's trying to do his best um, mm-hmm. to make sure that he's aware of what's going down. Um, I know the president has held all the governors uh, responsible for their cities and mm-hmm. as he should, it shouldn't be all on the government. It should be on uh, each individual, uh, each individual city's government bodies to regulate. And, um, you know, Gavin's been really good about, you know, getting on there and, you know, uh, giving us as much, giving us information, but 
you know, I mean, look, uh, they can only do what they can do. I, I, I would imagine for them, they're probably sitting there going, what do we do? <laughs> because I still don't, there's, there's still not very many answers. It's one thing. It's the next thing. It's, it's, they're telling us this, they're going to tell us that things keep switching up. They don't have a clear cut grasp of what this thing really is. In my opinion, I think yeah. they understand doctors understand what it is, the respiratory situation, which I get, but they don't have the proper testing for it yet because it's new. Mm-hmm. They don't have a vaccine for it because it's new. This whole thing could, we could be wearing masks from here on out until they tell it together. Um, for, we could be doing it for another year. Who knows? Maybe the summertime will hit and it'll kill off most of it because traditionally people get sick during the fall and winter months of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that we have these cases now, who knows? Maybe if it was in September when people started getting sick, it would probably have been a lot worse going through the holidays. So take that as, as, as a possible win, but we don't know for sure. We'll see what the summer months have. But I can guarantee you this. They're not opening any. They're not going to open up the entire country, uh, at least till after summertime, if, if they're lucky. I can still see them keeping arenas empty. I know that it's hurting us, hurting the economy, not having these places opened up. No NFL, no no baseball, no you know no no concerts or anything like that. And concessions are a big deal because concessions actually hurt the little guy. Yeah, big you know? time. It hurts the little person. And, and, and the thing is, is, you know, these big, I don't feel sorry for any of these multi-million dollar athletes or owners or, or anybody else that I can care less. Honestly, uh, what, what concerns me is the people that actually work hard for a living that are there providing for, um, the people who are spending a grip of money to go watch people play a game. And they're the ones who are without a job. They're, mm-hmm. they're not, they don't have a contract that they're going to get paid on. You know what I mean? Uh, they make, next to nothing per hour and they go there and they work hard. And so not to get on a soapbox, but the thing about it is this thing really affects the, the blue collar worker the most. Oh yeah, for I, sure. Um, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, the white collar workers are less important. I'm just saying that uh, blue collar workers usually live paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, the little, you know, the little um, unemployment money they're going to get, could be close to what they were making before. And that's great. And I understand Gavin Newsom added an extra $600 to that, like stimulus, which I, yeah. I totally dig every week. Uh, I, yeah. I think that's, I think that's awesome. Um, that's one of the things I was real proud to hear about. And uh, I don't know how long that's going to be though. Is it going to be for a month, six months, a year until this thing ends? I mean, where's that money coming from? You well, know some I mean? people are going to end up making more, um, with the with the federal and the state stimulus yep. money than they were when they had their hourly gig, yeah, about so, a thousand, over a thousand bucks a week. Yeah, so you know, for some people, this is actually a sweet deal. But like, how long will it last? When we don't know. And I think they're kind of playing this out. This is unprecedented. Um, I I'm of the belief that you know Georgia's starting to open up. We're getting some pressure here in California to open up. We could talk about some of that, some of the protests sure. and the parks and everything. Yep. But I think um, I think California is going to be one of the last ones to open up because this is a more progressive state. This is a state that's really kind of trying to prove that they're not going to take unnecessary risk. And I think Newsom is probably going to run for president in 24 or in 2028. And so I think there's a lot of different angles to this, but 
the end result is I think we're going to be one of the last states to come out of it. That's my opinion. So I, yeah, I, that, I don't know. I can't predict that, but I, you might, you may have hit the nail on the head, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. I, I do like some of the things that Kevin is doing. Um, it's really important that he gets behind his, his state. Cause I know mm-hmm. he and Trump didn't really see eye to eye on a lot of things and Trump <laughs> really beat him up over the fires. And you know what? Listen, I mean, we, the thing is, is you start seeing that people are losing their jobs and they're, 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 they're sending stimulus money to these people. I'm like, okay, well, if you're sending able to send the stimulus money to these people to keep them afloat so they can pay bills and whatnot, mm-hmm. where was all this extra money when these firefighters need the help to battle these fires? It always seems yeah. to come up to resources. We don't have the resources. We don't have the bodies. We don't have this or mm-hmm. that. Uh, there's a lot of people that were devastated with all these fires and things like that. I mean, let alone this disease, this uh, this this pandemic thing we're dealing with right now, this COVID thing. It's like. And all of a sudden, this money's coming up from somewhere. I mean, it's going <laughs> to come back and bite us somewhere mm-hmm. on the back end some, somehow. And that's well, it'll lead that to can, inflation, for sure. You know? Like, uh, we're because, not inflated enough. You know? Yeah, I mean, but it will. It's, it's, it's going to devalue the dollar at some point. And, right. you know, it's funny because a lot of these other politicians are pushing things like single-payer health care and – canceling student debt. Those are like the popular things in the campaign trail. It's always like, how are you going to pay for it? Right. Which is a great question, a fair question, but now no one cares how you're going to pay for it. They're just cranking out the money. And I guess they're just going to, we're going to pass that buck to the, to our kids and grandchildren to pay, uh, to deal with it. And it's kind of a shame, but kind of wonder what are the other ways out of this? Such an amazing state that we live in, John. And, um, I just feel that in a lot of ways, there's a lot of people that I speak to average Joe's that are pretty intelligent people that I would pick to run this state over some of the politicians (laughs) that we got that are running it now, you know, but yeah, it's, you know, look, look, I, I, you know, I, like I said, I I don't really want to go to the, in the political realm. I'm not that educated in that. I, I would just be acting off of feeling and not facts. And that's not what gets things done. Facts. Facts are the answers and facts are what tell the truths. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I can't tell you if, 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 if Gavin's doing a fantastic job or he's not, I know he's been on the camera a lot communicating with what they're planning on doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my concern is, is safety. You know, uh, my concern is safety for my family and uh, my work associates and, and the customers that I come in contact with. Uh, that's all I care about. And I know our union has been really a big advocate behind getting us us the safety that we need. Um, my store director in general was one of the front runners to go get us masks at the very beginning. You know, the little surgical masks that just go behind the ear right here, you know, yeah. those little blue ones or whatever. Mm-hmm. He went out and got us a bunch of those, but those are running low. So I think it was the union or somebody who brought in some masks for us. And we're, we, they're washable. So we're able to use those. I just got them today. Everybody got two. And so I'm able to wash those, but I had ordered some anyways. But so my biggest concern going forward is as, as just your average Joe, I want to be kept informed. Uh, And I know they've been doing that a lot lately on the news. Our, our, uh, well, the mayor of San Diego, uh, Faulkner. Yeah. Kevin Faulkner. He's been, he's been, he's been working with our union president. Matter of fact, I videotaped our union president uh, with uh, the mayor 
and coming up with plans and how they're, you know, what they want to do and how they want to take care of things. And it was a very good meeting. Um, you really hope inside, you know, in your heart that they're actually, you know, they're actually really doing, uh, they're actually really trying to do all the right things. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, I'm not going to rely on a politician to take care of me. I have to do, I have to use this up here. There's not a lot yeah, left, yeah. not a lot left up there, <laughs> but I have to use my yeah. own brain and my own common sense to, um, you know, come up with my own safety strategies and how we're going to go about doing it. And basically it's hand washing, washing yeah. your clothes, sanitizing. If you don't have yeah. soap, sanitize, you know, um, you got to do it throughout the day. Wear, wear your mask, wear your face covering. And, and we exercise that a lot at work and we exercise it when we go out. <clears throat> if I go out to a store, I do most, I do majority of the shopping at home. I work in a mm -hmm. grocery store, even on my days. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're an expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes I bring a little bit too much home, <laughs> um, but that's the typical guy in me. You know, um, when I hit the Costco up, I'll go stand in that line because um, I'd rather me do it than my wife and or my daughter do it. You know what I mean? Um, and my son was, my, like I said before, my son just left recently uh, to go back up to uh, school. Well, go back up to San Francisco where mm -hmm. he does go to school. But, uh, you know, he ha he went back home up there. And, of course, I, I worry about him. So my wife sent him home with a bunch of the masks that she ordered and trying to keep him safe. And, yeah, um, you know, it's, it's going to be hard because, um, you know, we're doing – we're doing our part and we just want everybody else to do theirs. And it's difficult because people can only do something for so long before they start to rebel, which I know you want to kind of talk about that, uh, about the protesting and things like that that we've seen recently on TV. Uh, they're protesting downtown. I think it was. And yeah. And other parts of the state, I guess, you know, they just, they're tired of being cooped up. Yeah. And I, I don't know. People are, there's mixed feelings on social media. But oh, let's totally, put it totally. Yeah, there's legitimate points on both sides. Well, absolutely. I mean, you're not only you put yourself at risk out there by doing that, and I get it's your right to protest. It's your right. You have a voice. It's your right to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, you're not on anybody's clock, okay? You're not at work protesting. You're not on anybody's clock. You mm -hmm. have every right as an American <clears throat> to to speak your mind right um, but at, at what cost is uh are you willing to put yourself at risk to you know get yourself sick or somebody in your family sick or somebody around you sick because you want to make a stand i get it some of them aren't wearing face protection when they're down there doing it either you know they're just i'm going to do my thing i'm going to go down there and i'm going to protest and you know it's like all those kids did in florida you know, they went and partied. It was spring break. We're going to get one last party in before we have to quarantine. And from what I understand, memory serves me right. Some of them did get sick. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you're talking about thousands and thousands of kids. What do you know what we expect? Well, I think it's one thing to say that we have the right to protest. Um, you know, that's built into our First Amendment. But is it smart to protest? Are you putting yourself at risk? Are you putting other people at risk um, because the people that are out there protesting aren't practicing social distancing. They're not wearing masks. They almost kind of want to go in the face of all of the authority and, and oppose mm. it all. But here, check right. this headline out. So 
San Diego police just submitted a case against a weekend protester for possible criminal charges. And this is the person that apparently organized the protest in downtown San Diego. They may come under, uh, you know, they may be coming under criminal charges for organizing the protest because it was encouraging people to violate the shelter in place, stay at home order. So people being potentially arrested for for expressing their First Amendment right. Pretty amazing. Yeah, that's another thing people are talking about is that they want to, I, people feel like they're trying that the, that the government or our country is trying to silence us and they're trying to control us, trying to control where we go, what we do, how we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, people getting arrested on beaches, you know, people getting arrested at parks. I saw a mom get arrested, uh, handcuffed and for being at a park with her kids. And um, I don't know the whole story on that one, but it was, it, it was put up, you know, people put stuff on social media. You never get the whole story. You know, it turns into this, that, and the other. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But, but you're hearing about, uh, I heard about a guy who got arrested on the beach for being on the beach and you know, the beach is closed off. So the authorities have the right to sit there and close down a, 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 a public beach. Um, no matter if you social distance or not, I don't think they should have that kind of power. I think, you know, I think the power needs to come back into the people's hands and people need to start making decisions on what needs to be done. That small, um, you have a small amount of police and, and city officials who are making all the decisions for everybody <clears throat> and they make it real easy. They make a decision and it's gospel. And it's like, you know what? I'm not okay with that. I, I, you know, I should be, I should be able to make my own decision whether or not something's safe or not. If I get sick, that's on me. It's not on, you know, the city of San Diego or, or city of Poway or anybody else. Uh, but the problem is, is that's very, it's a very selfish attitude to have because all I'm doing is creating more issues for the local hospitals and the first responders also. Well, it depends, I think, on your behavior. Like, for example, I go for walks in my neighborhood. I'll walk our dog, yep. but I'm by myself and my dog. And whenever I see people coming the other direction on the street, we go to opposite sides of the sidewalk. You know, yep, we've done so, that. We're, so yep. we're practicing social distancing. It's interesting, too, because like here in Poway, all of our parks are open with the exception of the really popular ones. You know, so you can't go up uh, Iron Mountain. You can't go to Lake Poway. You can't go to Blue Sky. But if you just want to walk through your neighborhood park, as long as you're not on the playground, right, you just want to go to walk down a trail. That's allowed in Poway. And I think that's good because you can't continue to be cooped up because if you if you if you limit people too much at some point they snap at some point yeah. they break and then they act out and then start exhibiting really you know you know very uh, un- irresponsible behavior so i i like what pa- what poway's doing um and i think it makes sense to maybe close down the popular ones um uh, bec- like lake poway cuz that's going to attract a lot of people to show up Right. But if you just want to go to your neighborhood park and walk down a pathway, get some fresh air, that's good. But now the next question will be, are they going to open up the beaches? Um, you know, again, can people behave? In some of the video I've seen of people on the beaches, for the most part, they are. You know, it's just the crazies in Florida that have been packing them. I, I don't know. You know, I, I would think that 
for the most part, we're a well-behaved state in a lot of ways because we self-police. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have our, we have our bad elements, um, that we're, you know, that as, as, as a state, I, you know, I'm not really, um, proud of with, um, with mm-hmm. our, you know, I don't, I want to consider homeless people bad elements, but it's, 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 uh, it, it's bad because I don't feel like we're giving them enough help to get them off the streets. Um, well, we actually our- Faulkner is doing it. He's, he's actually mm-hmm. taking over hotels. I think they were even talking about having a convention center and having some homeless people yeah. there. I did hear about that, but mm-hmm. would he have done all this if it wasn't for COVID? Well, obviously not because they hadn't because done it before. He hasn't done anything. Nobody's yeah. done anything about the homeless, mm-hmm. uh, pop, the homeless population. Uh, Newsom hasn't done anything. None of the none of the mayors have done anything. Um, you know, I mean, look at all the years we've, the homeless has just grown. That's smart. Let's open. You're not using the convention center right now because of social distancing, but let's put all the homeless that we got in a convention center and, and what we're going to make them all sick. You know, it's like, that's another thing you got to think about. You're putting all these homeless people in the convention center. Are you going to make them practice social distancing? How are they all mentally? Are they even compatible? Can, can they even understand what you're telling them to do? Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I get it. That's a great thing to do. Get them off the streets. We need to get people off the streets so we can get this thing over with. Um, but what you're asking is you're asking to put a lot of uh, criminals in, in a place. Some of some of them are, are, let me rephrase that. Some of the homeless people have criminal backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some of these people are not mentally stable. Uh, and, and some of these people are sick with other things. You know, drug problems, alcoholism, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not to go on a big tangent about it, but there are some concerns there when you're putting them in a place like that. Um, yeah. How do you, how do you, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, it's like, how do you separate everybody? How do you separate the good from the bad, the sick from the healthy? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's a hard thing to do. And, and, and they're, they're experiencing this in the prisons. They're starting to well, let I'll some people it. out of the prisons, you know, when, and, but I think they're going to actually have them go home and maybe house arrest, you know, maybe with those ankle bracelets and they could be monitored. That's my assumption of what's happening. For the less violent criminals, criminals that are just in jail for, you know, I don't know, theft or I don't know, whatever it is. For well, the the nonviolent crimes, for sure. Nonviolent crimes. Yeah. There's yeah. no reason why they should be, you know in prison to begin with. I mean, yeah, you do something wrong. I get it, man. You you do need to do your time. You did something wrong, but if they're not a violent criminal, you know, like you just said, put an ankle bracelet on, which brings me back to the whole, we were talking about being cooped up and people, Mm -hmm. you know, okay. I was about to mention that. What about, you know, put yourself in somebody who's been a prisoner for 20 years. How do they deal with it? I mean, they're in a six by what? Six by six cell or whatever it is, six by five or four. I don't know. They're they're (laughs) six by six. I think it is. So they're in a small spot, uh, 23 hours out of the day. Some of these violent criminals and, and, you know, they're still people regardless of what they did wrong. They're still human beings. Um, even though they forfeited their right to be free. Um, and we're complaining, we're, we're in our nice houses, you know, we're in a big house (laughs) and we're cooped up in this, in a, in a big house and I can go out to my backyard and, 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 you know, talk with you on the phone and, and, and enjoy the sun. 
and, and, I, and I'm worried about being cooped up in the house. Man, I don't care. I'm a homebody anyways. You know, just right. as, long as, they, as long as they keep playing Netflix movies or, you know, and the TV shows are still coming on, I mean, I'm good. Mm-hmm. But if, if, if I had to, you know, if I didn't have my job at the store and I was not essential and I had to be locked up at home, I think I'd be fine as long as I had plenty of snacks and um, some, you know, TV to watch and um, the Internet. I mean, I'm good. I have some exercise equipment. I'll, I'll be fine. <laughs> well, that's pretty much me. I mean, I'm, uh, I work from home. Um, the only time I leave the house is for that occasional shopping trip or to go for a walk around my neighborhood. So my car has been very, very idle. Um, but it's okay. I, I, I'm, I'm, going, I'm rolling with the punches because um, it doesn't impact me very much. Um, but, you know, I'm just trying to do my part, right? It's just kind of being respectful to the people around me. Um, right. You know, exhibiting behavior that is not going to put them at risk. And, and I think that's – if we all do that, I think we're going to get through this. But, you know, we still – we're still going uphill on the curve. We haven't start, we haven't gotten to the top of the mountain. You know, uh, my friend Pete Neal, he, he does these uh, forecasts. You know, he can – he plots out the curve. He, he says Poway is going to hit the apex of it in, in, on April 28th. So that's in five days. And right now, Poway, there's 22 cases. But if you look at San Diego County as a whole, I don't think we're going to hit the top of the mountain, the top of the curve until May 24th, according to the model that Pete was sharing with me. So we still got a long way to go. Another month. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm not really sure what to think of, of all this. I do know I was talking to a nurse. Uh, 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 one of my daughter's friend's mothers, um, as you know, uh, my wife's birthday was on Monday. So, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, all, all my daughter's friends came over and a couple of them brought their moms, you know, cause we're all, you know, we, we were like, you know, like you, we're all kind of friends and stuff. And one of the moms was a nurse and we were talking about it and she was just basically telling me how it was. She says, we haven't seen anything like this. You know, she's been a nurse for many years. She's actually mm-hmm. pretty much retired because she had an injury, which, you know, just, she just couldn't do things that she needed to do anymore. And they actually were trying to call her back. She hasn't nursed and she hasn't been a nurse in a while, but they want her back because they need the help so bad. Um, so anyways, what my point I was going to get to was, you know, she was very adamant about the um, social distancing and protecting yourself because you can be the healthiest person in the world, still get COVID and, and, and die from it. Uh, or you can Mm -hmm. be, you can be someone that you would think would get it and die from it and be fine. Um, or you can just be a carrier. Uh, she said this, this, we have never seen anything like this. So this is something that you have to really take seriously. And, and, uh, we were kind of talking about it. And after I had a conversation with her, I'm thinking to myself, you know, wow, this is okay. I mean, I, I, I took it seriously from the beginning, but I, the more I understand what it is um, and, and the more I see what's happening to our communities with it. Um, and I know somebody personally who, who got it um, oh, wow. and, and um, he's in the business and I, this person's in the business. Well, it's too, too late now, but you know, it's, it's like, um, and I keep, I keep dibs on him, you know, to see how he's doing and, and he's hanging in there, but he hasn't been at work for a while mm. trying to get over it. And, and, and just in all fairness, this person never came out and told me 
they actually had it, but that the conversation went like this, you know, you don't want to get this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so um, evidently it was, it was on the news because our store was plastered all over the place. It went on social media. They even name dropped this individual, which really pissed me off. And it pissed off the union president. I actually talked to the union president um, on the phone. Um, we have a pretty decent relationship. We talk a lot, even at the meetings. And um, he called me on the phone. We were talking and he told me to tell this individual, if you need anything, give him my number. He can call me anytime. And um, so my union president has very has been very proactive. Yeah, he cares about the the people, um, the the members, and things like that. And they're doing the best they can on their part. But so, and this person is in their is at least in their late fifties, right? Been in the business a long time. I think that's a family. He's got a family of five or six. I think he's got five daughters, his wife and him, or whatever. And it's ridiculous, you know. I mean, the fact that and they're on a single income. So when you start wow. thinking about stuff like that, you really, you really, and we're around so many people, you know, you really have to take, take it seriously, especially if you know somebody, um, and people have asked me, do you know anybody, have, do, you, do you know anybody that's kind of, well, actually I, I do not in my personal, um, but you know, this person works at the store and they got it. Luckily, you know, it's kind of it's kind of funny that we don't have a ton of cases in the business, but all the people that come in our stores, we probably see between twenty five hundred and three thousand people a day. Really? Yeah. If wow. You, if they they have a customer count. Some people are repeat offenders. They'll, be, they'll come in a couple times. You know, but I, I've done that before. Yeah, and that's totally fine. We welcome your business. Um, <laughs> you get home and you realize you forgot something. And yeah, you definitely might want to go back and, yeah. and get that or else you'll get to get the eye all night long, depending yes. on what it is, especially if it's for a recipe and you yeah. forgot, you need to specifically pick that part of it up. I've yeah, like a five pound bag of sugar. <laughs> yeah. If you can get, if you can get it. Um, but yeah, so you know what? Look, take this as serious as it needs to be. Yeah. People are dying from it. People are getting sick from it. Oh, you know, more people died from the flu last year around this time and this amount of time, you know, yada, yada, yada. Look, man, you know, we understand the flu. We, we have an understanding of how it works. You get a different type of flu every year. It changes up a little bit, but it boils down to the same thing. You're sick. Yeah. Um, you, you, you do everything you're supposed to do when you got the flu. You know, you don't go out and overexert yourself. You drink plenty of fluids. You know, it, you know, sometimes you have a bad cough that comes along with it. Uh, you know, this is something entirely different. This is an actual, like, you know, this is a virus type of a, a big time virus. So I mean, it's, they call the flu a flu, you know, they call the flu a virus too, I think in a lot of instances. Well, yeah, but, it is. Mm -hmm. and, and, but they haven't seen anything that moved this fast. You know what I mean? That, that just, that's just. I don't know how to put it into words, but I think you get where I'm talking about. Yeah, well, um, the number of people that one person can infect, the ratio yeah, exactly. of one to many, it's a greater ratio with COVID than it is with flu and other viruses. So, yeah, right. it's 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 uh, it's very um, contagious. Um, so, yeah, it's serious. And to me, I don't know. It's interesting to talk talk to you about this because you're in the grocery industry, and I think that's a unique place 
because we're all very dependent on you um, and your team to provide what we need to survive. Um, and you have a unique perspective on this. And I think that's, it's, that's what makes this conversation really good. Oh, I appreciate that, uh, John. I, I really do. I, I try to keep an open mind about all of it because, and yeah, when I go to work, I get frustrated too. It's, it's tough for us because it's in the back of my mind. I'm trying to keep my team safe. Um, I mean, I, you know, I manage a team of about 13 people in, in, mm-hmm. in that one little section of the store. Really? And, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And they're That's not, big they're group. not all there. Well, I had a total of nine people today that were working. Really? And, uh, see five of them, five of them were in the fresh made department, five or six of them were in the fresh, but five of them were in the fresh made department, uh, cutting up all the fruits and vegetables and putting them out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And I had four of my own team members in the produce department. I have fresh made department and then I have the produce department. I manage both of them pretty much, pretty much. I have a fresh made lead. But I'm the ultimate. I, I run them both. I, right, I do sure. all the, I do all yeah. the stuff. I, I they're under my watch, and so it's it's difficult. I mean, I have a great team. Um, like I said, my second is amazing. I have uh, my my best crew was there today. My, uh, my one of my guys, uh, my midshift came in. We broke me and my second broke down pretty much most of the load before my midshift and my closer my closer got there tonight and you know, I got to make sure those guys are safe too. I got to make sure that everybody's wearing their mask. Yeah. Um, that, that, you know, you're washing your hands, you're being safe. Not only do I have to keep an eye on their safety period, but now with this whole thing, I got to make sure that they're, you know, if, that they're the basic things that they have to take care of is they have to wear a cutting glove when they're back, they're cutting. I had a meeting with my team today and I kind of got on them about things that I didn't like and things that, that we need to improve on. And one of the things that came up was a cutting glove. You got to have a cutting glove when you're cutting fruits and vegetables. Every time you put a knife in your hand, you got to cut. Yeah. And, and I mentioned in all that, in that conversation, that not only we're we dealing with this pandemic, but we're also dealing with the, the standard safety rules that go along with working in this department. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of things you have to take in consideration. It's overwhelming at some days when you're busy and you got a lot of work to do and you're trying to keep yourself safe. You're, you're trying to follow the guidelines and the rules, the company policies that go along with doing your, your job and see when people from the outside, they, you know, and we get a lot of thank yous. And I want to personally thank anybody in the RB or power area, you know, shops at my store and they hear this podcast later on or whatever. I just want to say, I want to say thank you for, um, you know, the generosity and, uh, the camaraderie that we've gotten from the customers and right we're getting a well, lot, they, we're they, getting a, they appreciate you, you know, they're sharing they've the been, love. We were getting a lot of thank yous and yeah. they're, they're on, it's genuine. They're like, we appreciate you guys being here. Mm-hmm. You know, we understand that this is an easy, um, I mean, the customers they're in and out in a half hour, 15 <laughs> minutes, you know, sometimes yeah. like maybe longer, depending on how long they take. I mean, I have an older clientele. It's Ranch Renardo. Yeah. So a lot of, in a lot of ways, we have younger, but we have, we're in a 55 and older area. So, you know, um, so that being said, I just want to say to the people, you know, thank you for keeping us safe and help us keeping you safe as well. Right on. Uh, because it's, it's not easy. It's just a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes that they don't see. They see us out there working, but um, I, we, in 31 years, John, 31 years, I've never felt more appreciated being in the business that I'm in. Um, you know, we went through some battles over the years with the strike and with all the other things that we went through. And, and you should have heard the things people were saying about us during the strike. 
and uh, it was it was ridiculous yeah. Yeah. because we, we because we wanted a fair contract because we wanted you know uh it wasn't about the money it was about a retirement it was about our benefits it was about you know different things that played along with that but i'm not going to go into all that but the things that people said about us you know basically not being very smart people anybody can do our jobs um <laughs> boy you know i mean I mean, boy, I, I go in the grocery store. I didn't go to the grocery store to see how pretty my apples are stacked. But see, what people don't understand is people aren't going to buy from a totally thrashed up display if your apples are looking horrible. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. People will buy more of what looks because they can't help but go over there and buy it. People are just right. designed that way. Mm -hmm. um, so when my, when my team puts my department together, puts our department together, um, we do it with a lot of, a lot of pride. And, and for people to come in and actually thank us for doing, before this whole went down, you know, the people in RB were, were for the most part, they're, they're challenging because they, they, you know, that's who they are, <laughs> but we get a lot of, we get a lot of thank yous for running a great department, uh, keeping it clean. And now we're even more on top of the cleaning because of all this, what well, this has taught us a lot of things. Um, and I appreciate it. So, you know, again, for the community, I, we appreciate you appreciate the words that, are being said because it means a whole lot. We have families we have to go home to also. Sure. And they're 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 at more risk than anybody else. You know, we come home, we don't know what we're bringing home with us. We're working with fruits and vegetables that have been treated. You know, we're working we're working around people that could be coming who are sick. And then we have to put in an eight hour shift after all with all of that that we're dealing with, all the stress that goes behind running a crew and then mm -hmm. have to go home and be around our families. So right. the fact that the fact that we're actually getting thank yous after all these years, um, it was more than just a long time coming. Um, uh, but I, I will take that appreciation. Um, the hero badge, I can't wear that. Um, you know, the essential badge, I'll definitely wear. No problem. Right. I, I appreciate being an essential. Um, I'm, I, I'm nowhere close to being a hero. I just, a thank you goes a long way with us. You know what I mean? It really does because, Granted, we have a hard time enough as it is at work, not feeling appreciated by our superiors. Uh, but the only people we need to impress is our customers. Yeah, they're the, yeah. they're the only people that I, I, my job is to take care of my team and my store manager. That's the way I've always thought. Or if I didn't have a team, if I was my own guy, if I was a solo person working in dairy or something, my job is just to take care of my department and make my, my, my store director look good. Because if that store director gets beat up because I didn't do something, he's going to come beat up on me. <laughs> right. You know what I right. mean? Yeah. So, but um, um, in the big scheme of things, I'm very thankful. And I, this whole thing really made me appreciate what it is that we do every day um, in my own, my own personal, uh, mm -hmm. my own personal self. And uh, so that being said, um, we're going to continue to do what we do best and that's take care of our, our community. Right on. Well, Mike, I'll tell you this, just as a, a member of the community, a shopper at your store and a friend. Hey, thank you. Right. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's right nice here. to hear. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you very much. Yeah. When are you going to come so, in and visit? You could come in and visit once in a while and say hi. I should. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, thanks for joining on the podcast today. Um, yeah, this is a lot going on, man. You know, so with the COVID and, you know, a hundred people have died now in San Diego County, 152 cases, the most for any day. Yeah, man, we're, we're still, we're going to, we have a long way to go still, my friend. 
yeah um my ask is that everybody just try to try to do their part do the best they can i just don't think we're ready to open anything up quite yet no no i i agree well someone's got to open up the hair salon for gavin newsom <laughs> i think he's got somebody on staff yeah he has never had a, that guy has never walked by a mirror he didn't love yeah <laughs> hey well we're both just jealous okay uh, uh yeah yeah i'll give him that much I'll yeah that yeah much. um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out, man. I, mean, I think we're going to learn a lot from what Georgia's going to do because uh, they're opening up, you know, hair salons and tattoo parlors and everything. We're going to see what happens in Georgia. I think we're going to learn a little bit now in San Diego. Are they going to open up more parks? Are they going to open up more beaches? And we're all going to learn together, man. This is unprecedented what we're going through. Um, yeah, it's unbelievable. And, and, you, might and have, you might have to call on reservations for the beach. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, you got to limit the amount of people that are there. You, you might have to just start calling in for reservations and they'll let a certain amount of people in each section of the beach, you know, go there and enjoy themselves, you know? Yeah. It may come down to that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mike, Kate, hey, man, thanks for joining us. Loving it. Yeah. What's the, uh, what's the ND on your shirt mean? Um, it's, uh, I think it was neon dash. Neon what it dash. was neon dash. They, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's a company. It's, it's a thing that we did years ago. Um, my wife and I, and, uh, the kids, we went down to the stadium and they, what they do is you run through an obstacle course. They throw, they throw, um, global powder on you. Oh yeah. I've, I've seen it, that. Yeah. It's, it was, it was basically a run walk for cancer. Oh, right on. And it's chalk. It's like different colored chalk. They throw it on you and it kind of, I think it kind of glowed or whatever. And, <laughs> and it was for a good cause. So yeah. The money, I think the money went to cancer research or whatever it was. And, uh, you know, years ago, my grandfather passed away of colon cancer when I was, you know, like about 10 or so. And he was a very impactful man in my life. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, everybody, everybody's experienced that. And I'm sure in their own lives with a relative or family member, you know, a friend. And uh, I thought that was a really good cause. And I would love to do that again. That was, but now they're not really. Not really doing anything like that right now. (laughs) Not at all. That's that's not working right now. But maybe in 2021, we can look forward to that. Yep. All right, Mike. Hey, man, thanks again. We'll catch you later, all right? All right, John. Take care. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. 